recorded live. Live from the Writers' Bullpen in Wales, where Russell T. Davies is catatonic after watching 24 straight hours of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's Doctor Who Podshock. Post Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 80. It's Mother's Day. It's also the mid-season, or mid-series, if you will, uh, of the new series of Doctor Who, the series three, if you will, of the 2007 series of Doctor Who. And we're here recording live, once again, on Mother's Day. Uh, this is... This is normally would have been our review of episode 42, which is, uh, would have normally have been transmitted last night if all went according to what was originally planned. But since uh, Eurovision came in and pushed Doctor Who out of the way all the way to next week, we're here doing another live show without being able to review last night's episode since there was none. So we decided to take this opportunity to review the past six episodes um, of the new series and kind of speculate on where it's going. Uh, as I had just mentioned, since it is, um, at least in the United States, it's Mother's Day, and perhaps because of that and the addition, uh, the fact that there was no new episode, we have a very small crew today. Our normal co-hosts are missing in action, and I'm kind of concerned about that, but you know, it is a holiday, and, um, you know, so I don't know, but perhaps they may be joining us late. If they do, that will be great. Otherwise, um, it will be um, jo- joining me, our, our regular uh, contributors to our website and forums, and we have um, Mike, also known as Merlin. Hi, Mike. Good morning, Lewis. Or afternoon. Or evening <laughs> as well. Wherever you are. uh, Whenever you're listening to this and wherever you listen to it, I'm sure one of those will fit appropriately. And our regular contributor to our forums and and a very lively participant in feedback here uh, since we've been doing these live shows is Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, Lewis, and hi, Merlin. Uh, It's great to join you today, and uh, happy Mother's Day to all the uh, mothers out there. Great. Um, so we do have a, uh, an opportunity for anyone that would like to join into our discussion. Just put yourself into the queue, and if you're using the TalkShoe client, you know how to do that in the upper right-hand corner. There should be a button to enter the queue, and we'll know you're waiting to participate. And it's um, we're not going to separate. We're not going to have a feedback section of the podcast as we normally do. So anytime during the discussion. Feel free to put yourself in the queue, and um, we'll enter you into our um, discussion. So uh, we'll start off with um, looking back at the past six episodes, and uh, it's hard to believe we're at the midway point pretty much, you know, for the new series. It feels like it just began, and all of a sudden now we're, you know, next week is episode 42, which is episode 7. That sounds a little confusing. The name of the episode is episode 42, but... Well, the name of the episode is 42. <laughs> it's the 
seventh episode of the new series. So um, it's um, the previews. There is, in fact, there's a new BBC uh, preview since la- since the last episode last week was the Lazarus experiment. They did a special next time. They didn't do a normal next time coming attractions for Doctor Who. What they did was they showed a trailer for the rest of the series, really, and um, it was, you know, when Doctor Who returns and encompassed more than just the next episode. So, but now the BBC had put the, I guess, what what was going to be the original trailer for 42 um, online. So if you go to BBC, um, you know, the the Doctor Who official website, you'll be able to enjoy that. Um, I know Merlin's seen it, and... um, and you know what? I, I failed to kind of mention that. Um, Merlin, where are you from? You're, where you're speaking from? Oh, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area. Okay. And um, and now Dave's in the UK? Yes, from Manchester, England. Uh, Hyde, land of life on Mars. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, anytime. I, I got that these every time I think of John Sim now I, I'm, I'm thinking of two different characters in mine now with um especially with, since that last trailer with the uh, let me see if I can oh, reduce right. it on the on the fly. I, I think we better save talking about that till later. Yeah, because there's so much to talk about that trailer. We better <laughs> stick to the first six episodes to start with. Well. I, I think the new series has started off uh, fairly strong. It's been, um, I, I know the, the, the reviews from everyone's been sort of kind of mixed with certain episodes, and um, some people were disappointed with the whole Dalek um, two-parter. Um, I, I had some disappointments myself, but it wasn't as bad as what others kind of painted it out to be. And um, I, I think i mean and and for some the the strongest episode was the shakespeare code and for me i think that's probably so far has been the weakest episode for me not because it was a bad episode uh production values were there and um the the writing was there and it just wasn't um it it just wasn't really something that i i that grabbed me it was just the, the 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 whole witches thing just didn't really um you know curl my socks if you will but the but for others, you know, the, the, especially Harry Potter fans, really enjoyed that episode. And um, the, 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 as far as the the Dalek stories, um, it was, um, you know, I don't want to rehash our reviews again, but you know, it's I'm just trying to put things in perspective now that we've seen more episodes, and um, I, I think the series is now build up momentum, and and it's pretty much running now and I think we're entering um, an exciting part of the series where it was slowly kind of building up and, and we were getting to know Martha more and um, now we got our running shoes on and I think 42 is going to be a very exciting episode. It, um, it, it looks to be from the previews that we've seen and, um, and, and I think it's just going to perhaps be a, an exciting roller coaster time. Yeah, and, and again, this is only based on that that trailer that we saw, which was pretty exciting. I mean, after that, I think we all said, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, that was one heck of a trailer. They got a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah, so. we saw Captain Jack. We knew he was returning again. Obviously, if you watched Torchwood, and um, without giving anything away, you knew that he was going to um, return 
into the series as well. I mean, it's it's been publicized anyway, so um, we knew that he was uh, returning in the series, and we knew he was going to be in the later half of the series. And Lewis, that was about one of the safest things we could put in the trailer when he wakes up and said, someone kissed me, because we just captured him. <laughs> that could be anyone. Yes. <laughs> or anything. <laughs> or anything, yeah, certainly. Metrosexual's not in it. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, because I thought his character changed so drastically in the Torchwood series, because after we last left him in Doctor Who, it was, um, I believe it was The Parting the Ways, and um, and this is going back to 2005, so if you haven't seen this, I'm sorry. This is <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm not going to avoid spoilers from 2005. Obviously, he was killed and <laughs> brought back to life, and uh, that had changed him somewhat. And if you haven't seen Torchwood, you'll see that his character is a little bit more somber, if you will, or, uh, you know, a, a less care. Well, I don't know about care, but a, a less, um, I don't know. Um, Happy go lucky, Jack. Happy go lucky. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering whether or not that will sort of be resolved or not. You know, in Doctor Who, if 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 that would be addressed at all, or if if the Doctor's going to sense any change within him, or um, if or if he's going to. Um, well, we can only wait and and hopefully see how this unfolds. I think uh, John Barman has also given a, a hint about that because. He has been on record as saying that uh, his uh, Torchwood is going to be tweaked a little bit for the next season. And there was an awful lot of talk that one of those tweaks might be uh, lightening up his character again. And that could take place uh, while he's in the Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... So, uh, I feel as though I ought to do a mm-hmm... Yes. I James moment. <laughs> I think a lot of the tweaking, a lot of the tweaking they may be talking about is actually giving the characters some character development as opposed to this one-dimensional teenage angst, sex-craved, you know, I, I don't know. It's Torchwood was very strange. Mm-hmm. But also, Mike, and, and Liz, I, I hope this isn't classed as a spoiler, but... Um, you have a feeling that uh, some of the things that John Barman said were suggesting that um, the reason why he might lighten up in the torch when he comes back is that maybe he just finds out a little bit more, or we find out a little bit more, about his missing two years. So whether that will feature in the, uh, the storyline mm-hmm. in Series 3, uh, and therefore the, the, the attitude and the, um, the way he runs his Motley crew might just... Um, change. I hope that doesn't pass as a spoiler. Mm-hmm. No, well, no, so. Jack's timeline is definitely a mystery they're going to have to unravel uh, a little carefully because they, they placed a little trap there that, that uh, BBC isn't real good about getting around time uh, paradox issues and things that occur out of order sequentially. They're not real good about getting back to those. Okay, if I believe Ken may be with us, and let me just check to be sure. Back to Mr. Trapani. And Mr. Ken, hey, it's good to have Howdy. you back on board. Glad to be oh, back on board. Sorry, I'm late, folks. Yeah, we were a little concerned because James is not with us either, and um, 
neither is Terrace and Todd Skeptical and um, and and Mike Duran. Uh, but there are plenty of other people on board. Oh yes, we're still doing the show. This is uh, just to kind of recap. This is a a if I can borrow the term from James, and James isn't here to argue with me, so I'm gonna do it anyway. It's it's a rough, ready, and raw version of Doctor Who Podshock Live. As this episode isn't gonna be uh, belabored in post production, it's gonna go out as is. So we're d- doing sort of the post production while we're doing it live. So if this sounds differently than what you're used to. Um, actually, this also gives the opportunity to those that are just getting our episodes from our, our main feed, which um, which usually uh, has episodes that have post-production work done on it, to see what the live episodes are like. If you want to uh, join us live, we record every Sunday, usually at 1 p.m. on Eastern U.S. time, and we're reviewing the previous night's episode, which... Um, in today's case, would have been 42 if it wasn't for the Eurovision postponing it till next week. So instead, we're using this opportunity this week to review um, the past six episodes of the mid-series of Doctor Who and see where um, where it's where it's been and kind of speculate on where it's going and our speculation and anticipation of where the series is going uh, for the rest of the series. So to that fact, um, any, did, um, did you want to, Ken, uh, reevaluate anything that you may have said already in your reviews of the past six episodes now that you kind of see them as a whole and, um, and, and where they kind of fit in next to each other or, or anything that you wanted to talk about as far as where, how you're feeling where the series is going so far? The first half taken as a whole, I would say that... Um, the things that have concerned me all along continue to concern me, which is patterns, you know, the, the use of positioning episodes, certain types of episodes in certain places. Those things continue to, uh, you know, to trouble me a bit. I mean, it's not troubling to the point where it's taking away from my enjoyment of, of the series, but it's just, I just don't, I want to, I want to see it change up a little bit. I'm, I'm, I was hoping for that this season and then it's, happened to a certain degree, and um, I thought the season started off um, a little bit iffy, but has gotten has progressively become better as we've you know as we've seen it during the, the course of the season. Um, but still, we still haven't really seen a heavy hitter yet, a, a, a story that's just that makes Out such of the an impact. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, empty child doctor dances type of thing. Yeah, that kind of thing, or, or you know, some of the episodes that we saw last season with the Satan Pit and Impossible Planet. I mean, those were those were just home runs. Yeah, uh, well, we, forty. Yeah. Have you seen the, the the BBC website, Doctor, whose official website has the I, trailer f- for forty two? I, I noticed yesterday on the official site that they put the trailer up, but I did not watch it yet. No. Okay. And uh, well, what's the take? What's your take on it? What's the consensus? It, it on seems it? pretty. I, I just I only saw it once, and it and it seems pretty exciting. It has a sort of a flavor of. Satan's Pit, um, Impossible Planet, where it, it seems, you know, like a space-faring story, and uh, it seems pretty action-packed and exciting, so just from, you know, the trailer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm anxious to, to see it. Well, we only have six days to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a countdown clock, yes, on the BBC website. I saw so. that. That's great. I love that there's a mid-season countdown clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... 
it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it's just uh, a testament to the enthusiasm that everybody has for it. And and I mentioned on last week's podcast that I liked having this little mid-season break. I don't mind the pause. Oh, yeah, same here. And it kind of um, gives us a, a, a moment to catch our breaths a bit and, and reflect what we're doing today. And, and, and you know, so I, I'm at and, that. And there's a bit of a build-up now to this second half of the season. You know, they have a yeah. countdown clock, and they, they ran an extended trailer and all these kind of things that uh, we normally would see for the beginning of a season or, or for a season finale uh, leading into you know what we can expect for next year, but to see it mid-season, I like it. I I, I don't mind it one bit. I think it's uh, I think the pause is a good thing. It's not like they're making us wait five months. They're making us wait oh an extra week. Yeah, it's and, only uh, another a week. Yeah, you know, and and as you and it's different with the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting um, Company, where. Uh, during the Series 2 broadcast, they had a, a big break in the middle uh-huh. of the series where they had to wait like six weeks, or if not more, which just, I like, thought during was, the holidays. was a negative. Was, I thought that detracted yeah. from it. Uh, yeah, of course. You're going to lose viewers, and people are going to lose interest. And, and there's um, a pacing to the season. You know, there's a, there's mm-hmm. a pace to, to which the shows are made and, and are um, expected to be viewed. And, and that, that was, you know... A, the positive was that it, yes, it was the holiday time, and I suppose people were wrapped up doing other things. But the negative was it was a little too long—a week, maybe even two. But uh, over a month is, uh, uh, to me, would seem like uh, it would detract from the, the 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 interest in the show. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit excessive. Yeah, Lewis, can I just jump in there? Sure, um, please. I, I, I know Dave actually wrote to the BBC complaining about the, the pushback up to the week, so I'm going to let Dave have his say. Well, just to give you a hi, Ken, as well. Just to give a UK perspective, we're not used to the system that I think you have in the States where often you get something like Smallville that will have five or six episodes and you're getting really into the plot and then suddenly for five weeks we'll reshow them before... You get some new episodes. It's, it's something alien to the uh, the culture here. Mm-hmm. You get used to having uh, the show on and getting a weekly build-up. And uh, although having said that, it pains me slightly to say I do agree with Lewis that it, it has given us that little breather to take um, uh, and reassess what's gone before. I was quite hard on this series earlier on. I, I uh, thought it wasn't really living up to its expectations. But uh, having thought back on the um, six episodes we've had, I think one of the criticisms, and I'm sorry to disagree with you, Ken, I thought the opener, Smith and Jones, was the best opener of any of the three seasons. And I think it started with, uh, well, where do we go from here? It's just going to be fabulous, this series. And it basically stuck at that level, sort of in the 70, 75% range. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree totally about, you know, there's been no girl in the fireplace, no empty child, no Satan's pit. Um, but I'm thinking back, and I've watched um, recently a couple of the episodes again, and really, I, I think we're just getting a little bit picky and a little bit spoiled, because at any other time, if this had been series one, if, if you forget Christopher Eccleston, if you collect, uh, forget Billy Piper, if... Martha Jones and the 10th Doctor had started Doctor Who from scratch, wouldn't you be delighted with the stories we've had? It's just that they're having to build on superb first yeah. 
Uh, Christopher Eccleston, uh, he was absolutely right the first part. I mean, I know we're not reviewing three series here, but uh, he was absolutely right for the part. He was coming uh, a wounded man, licking his wounds. The time war, he was alone. Um, and Rose was the antidote to that. Uh, her zest for life, her, her youthfulness, uh, the what's out there. Um, this is going to strike a strange connection with that scene. They had an old film on TV today, with it being uh, Sunday. It's called Rebecca. And uh, I, I'm not going to go through the story. I'm sure most of our listeners will know it. Uh, but uh, the, the lead character, uh, you know, from Mandalay, he's on holiday. And uh, I think it's Joel Fontaine he meets. And he's world-weary. And it's only when he meets this young 17-year-old that he shows her around Monte Carlo and he begins to feel as though life's worth living again. And obviously they marry, and that's the start of the story, Rebecca. But that's exactly what Rose was. And that first season got us off. But just taking the first season, take the second season, if... David Tennant, the 10th Doctor, had been starting us off on our new Doctor journey with Martha Jones, these six episodes we would have been delighted with. It just hasn't gone anywhere to my mind. Uh, in fact, it dropped a little bit with one or two. And I think that's where, perhaps on the forums, uh, some of the criticism has come in. I mean, for heaven's sake, with the um, Daleks in Manhattan, we were talking about the scenery and the furniture and the costumes, almost everything else but the plot. Uh, I mean, when else has that happened in a Doctor Who discussion? Mm. Uh, I've said quite a lot there, and I've got lots more to say, but that's <laughs> well, some I, reaction for that. I, I agree with you that, um, that it's, we're, we're comparing it to one hell of a start and something they put an enormous amount of effort to relaunch. Because the Christopher Eccleston season needed to be bold and brilliant and the best of the best in order to make this to get this off the ground. That having been said, my criticism of the new uh, the new series, the third series, isn't so much that um, that it's not matching up. It's more that the patterns. I'm, I'm bothered by the patterns. I think I think the simplest way of getting around living up to expectations, is just to throw those curveballs, to change it up a little, do something bold and different that you haven't done already. I think something along those lines would, um, would change the complexion. I don't think people would compare season one to season three to say, okay, well, maybe it's taken a step backwards. If it did something radical, did something that, that broke the mold, that we've seen in the first two series. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I remember, Ken, you saying right at the beginning, oh, way back, that uh, I just hope, this, these were your words, I just hope they haven't picked all the uh, A scripts and thrown those in on season one. Come season two, we get the B scripts. Come season three, we get the C scripts. Uh, I hope you're not thinking it's fallen that far. It, I, I, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but mostly because we've seen different writers so I think we're getting a chance. I think other writers are getting a chance with some of their A scripts. Um, you know, we, we don't see the same exact writing team each season. We see, we see some writers returning and some writers not returning uh, and, and changing it up a little bit. So there are some, some fresh ideas, some fresh, 
you know, writers coming in bringing, oh, wait a minute, if I've got a great, I'm going to pitch a story, you know, for Doctor Who. Um, so th- those things, yes, they still, they're just as relevant today as, okay, I'm just making sure we're not getting the C scripts. But um, I don't, I think with the change of writers, I think that that's what they've done to avoid it. Um, that they, you know, like Helen Rayner wrote the Dalek episode, you know, he didn't write anything in the first series. So, it's, mm-hmm. it, yeah, this was her big chance to write her story. And of course, in the first series, Russell T. Davis didn't have anything else to think about. Uh, and perhaps there was much more tightness in the, uh, the overall editing of the series. Um, where, of course, he was spread a little bit thin in the last uh, 12, 18 months. Yes, and that's something I've expressed a concern about in the past. I, I um, you know, Torchwood and Sarah Jane and all the other things that are going on. You know, that, that, is it is there a danger of it being watered down? I think, to a certain degree, you can make the case. I don't think that that the show has stumbled in any way. You know, I think that, again we set a high watermark with with the first and the second series, so it's it's very tough to to maintain that. That having been said, just breaking the pattern for me would be enough to make this series something different. Whether they did a three-parter or um, they 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 didn't go back they, they, to to um, this whole well, the you know whatever bad guy we introduced early, we're going to bring back later on or something something different. I to, to me the most obvious thing is like I said a three-parter. They haven't done that yet. So let's say they made the season finale a three-part epic. Okay, well, they haven't done that yet. Or, or mid-season do something and, and maybe bow out in the last episode. They do the season finale or, or the big climax is actually episodes 10, 11, and 12. And then episode 13 is a bit of a wind-down from that. It's something different and, and, and uh, anything. anything Just to, to mix done. it up a bit. Just to mix it up, absolutely. Is, yeah. Isn't Captain Jack in for actually three episodes, though? I mean, that could link to a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad he's back, too. I think he's going to, you know, he, he, I think he was missed in season two. I was really looking forward to seeing him again. And um, it'll be nice to see him away from Torchwood. Yeah. You know, I didn't really, I, I know when I joined the conversation, you guys were talking about um, Torchwood. I, I wasn't really... I wasn't really very big on it. I, it wasn't bad. It just it didn't capture uh, my interest the way Doctor Who has, or even for that matter, the way that Sarah Jane's adventure did. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a lot more the, in that. It didn't meet your expectations, perhaps, or, or you, you know, you know what it is. It is I, I think I may have said this once before. I think it lacked charm. Mm-hmm. What Doctor Who has is a certain charm, a certain warmth. You, the characters are interesting and 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 they're they're easy to watch. Um, with Torchwood, it it did things that other science fiction television shows do. Let's take a group of characters. Let's let's just mix them up. We need we need this type of personality and this type of person, and we need um, this ethnic group or this this guy's got to be funny or this one has to be the the wise guy or whatever. That, that's has been done over and over and over again. It was way too formula for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I would have appreciated I, it more if it would have perhaps only had four characters. Okay, you couldn't do 
Captain Jack and and a, and a girl. It would have been too much like the Doctor and his companion. But you could have. I don't know. I, I just I think they rehashed Unit. Uh, they didn't need to do that. They didn't need to invent Torchwood. They they already had yeah. something built in in Unit. Uh, things I've said a million times already. But that if I had to point it point out one thing, it's that that warmth or that charm or the fun that is Doctor Who is lacking in Torchwood. And and I don't know if this was uh, before you joined us, uh, but we, I had mentioned that Captain Jack's character changed drastically in Torchwood, where he wasn't so happy-go-lucky, and he was very, you know, somber and had a whole different perspective. And, uh, you know, we were still expecting the, the, the Captain Jack that we, you know, loved, that we learned to grow and like during, the, um, you know, his stay on Doctor Who. And then also now, you know, because of what happened in Parting the Ways, he's changed so much. And um, we Yeah, but what did, what did they remove? They removed his humor and his charm and yeah, all the things well, exactly. that you like about him. So he, he was sort of there as a surrogate doctor because, you know, he, he was the mystery person. And, um, and since the doctor wasn't in the series, he was sort of pretty much standing in for the doctor. But mm-hmm. without all the the quirkiness and fun part of it, you know, if you, if you took the doctor and just made him very serious and, and and none of this, none of this comes down on John Barrowman, in my opinion. I think he plays the part the way Mm -hmm. he's told to play the part. Um, I think that that from a, uh, from a writing and production standpoint, they asked him to be a certain way and that's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. They said, okay, we want, we want to make this an adult show. We want it to be more serious. And that's the way he's taken the lead, you know, he's played the role in uh, from that point of view of that this is a serious show. And uh, uh, I, I believe Dave mentioned earlier that they were going to tweak Torchwood and uh, where perhaps maybe his comeback in Doctor Who will uh, be the um, you know the origin of this tweaking of the character, perhaps. Perhaps once he here. sees the Doctor again, perhaps he's relieved. Get these issues resolved, or maybe... that he's finally off planet, let's say, or whatever it is that that's that's troubling him about being stuck mm-hmm. on Earth. Maybe his immortality will be removed, and you know. Well, we don't know that that may have already happened, of course, with his last encounter, where. Yeah, we um, where he had the, and then how do you test well, that sort of thing without killing yourself? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the last body from the thing, I can't remember the name of the giant demon, but he was so lies, lies, and lies, lies, lies of it. Thank you, Merlin. Yeah. Um, yeah can you say that so, again? I think I, I might have been talking over you. Can you repeat that again? Abaddon. Okay. Right. And also, of course, we don't know how long uh, Captain Jack's been back on Earth. I mean, uh, there's the story with the fairies where he was back in the 1910, was it, 1912. Mm -hmm. Uh, For all we know, he he could have been on Earth, you know, two, three, four hundred years. We just don't know. Uh, Obviously, because of his immortality, um, we have no time scale to to bring in that's that's changed his attitude and his outlook to life. Mm -hmm. But, of course, we're getting quickly into a review of Torchwood now. Yeah, well, we did say it was it was a free for all, so it's definitely uh, mm-hmm. we've definitely taken on taken on a tangent, but it, but but rightfully so because it, it it we know that Captain Jack is appearing in season three and and the, and it's all relevant, you know, the, the finale of Torchwood and uh, it's all coming together. So even though it's a, we're, we're talking about Torchwood, it it is leading into the. the 
what what could possibly shape up to be the the series three finale. Mm-hmm. And Captain Jack has had a, a, a real impact in Doctor Who, so it is a, a legitimate part. For me, oh, Captain yeah. Jack has had the kind of impact on the current Doctor Who that the Brigadier had in the mm-hmm. classic series. He's a powerful character. He can return at any time. Um, you know, uh, unlike a companion who has a start point and a finish point. Um, and and the you know the Brigadier when his, when his uh, during his time in Doctor Who it was always this this other character that everybody accepted very easily and was you know um, it was a character who was very comfortable with the audience but he didn't have to be in every episode well that to me is Captain Jack you know exactly where you stand with him when he comes on screen and if he leaves and comes back a few episodes later you pick up right where you left off. Um, and just going back to what Dave had mentioned about the series, about this episode being postponed 42, uh, there there is a, dif- uh, a a cultural difference at least in television viewing. Uh, growing up in the U.S. and watching television here, many times they would pad the series or the season, as they call it here, uh, where you would um, get reruns or repeats and just to stretch things out. Like uh, a, a great example of to that is um, like The Simpsons, the cartoon series. The Simpsons is on. Uh, they show repeats more than they show new episodes just to fill out the, the, the you know, the, the beginning point, which is usually in September or October, and the end point, which is usually in May, whatever. They don't have enough episodes to kind of fill every week, so they they kind of stretch it out with repeats. And so I guess we're a little used to that, at where in the U.K., um, I guess they show new episodes progressively week after week after week until it concludes. Is that right, Dave? That's true. I mean, things are changing a little bit now with the um, satellites and cable channels, but uh, historically in this country, you, you've had a series start. Um, the main thing that's happened here is that uh, the winter season that used to start as the schools went back in September uh, gradually started to be uh, October, um, and now even uh, we have a situation where the new seasons are rationed. You get some season starting in October and build up to Christmas, and then in January you have a, a almost a second launch of a season, and um, that runs up to Easter. And there's been quite a lot of debate again here, of course, um, about why Doctor Who was in the in the spring because t- traditionally in this country big new series have always gone out in the autumn, mm-hmm. and whether yeah. that's affected the viewing figures, uh, it's hard to tell. I know this is something that Ken and I spoke about many times in the past, where Doctor Who, you know, obviously it premiered November 1963, and it seemed to be something where, you know, where it's getting darker early and people are more apt to watch TV at that time than during the spring and going into summer, where um, especially younger viewers may want to be outside and, you know, enjoying the summer. The days are getting longer, there's more daylight, it's warmer out, and I think that that hurts the show. I I. Lewis and I have spoken about this many times. To me, Doctor Who has always been traditionally a fall into winter show. You know, you think about it as um, as, the, as the days get shorter and get a little colder, that you want to spend time inside, and you go in and you watch TV. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, curious to know the logic behind why they would want to put it on at this time. Perhaps they feel it's such a strong show that it will still pull the kids inside, that this is the one time they want to come in to watch TV, like, no, 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 Doctor Who's on, you know, like that kind of thing, but... 
Well, again, the way they've even messed around with the start times yet again. I mean, I know there's no episode this week, but next week it starts at 7.15. Again, not the normal 7 o'clock time. They're very well, cavalier with their attitude to it. And, and, and I've spoken about this and, and, and railed them about it in past podcasts. Um, to me, it's all about consistency, day of the week, time, all that kind of stuff. Traditionally, throughout science fiction series, um, X-Files, Star Trek, the list goes on and on where they've changed the day and changed the time. Sometimes it's worked, but usually changing the time is, I don't know. I mean, I think they're taking advantage of Doctor Who fans and that they will, they will seek out their favorite show and know what time it's on and they, they're internet savvy and they're, 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 they will go and find what they want. But from the casual viewer yeah. point of view, same day, same time, make it a ritual, make people know when it's on. That's how you build. Mm-hmm. That's how you build your audience. There's so few family shows now where a father will sit down with his uh, son or daughter and be happy to watch it. I mean, there's no way they could do that. Well, I know Torchwood's not intended for that, but there yeah. are very few other programs where they could do it. Uh, I mean, even with things like the Sarah Jane Adventures, that's that's classed as a child's program. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who has always been a family show. Yeah, yeah. a much broader audience. And and I, Lewis, did ahead, I sorry. read this week that they're, they've commissioned another Sarah Jane? Is that, I, I didn't read the full story, I just saw it as, well, as one of Well, there's supposed to be a whole, a whole series of Sarah Jane Smith adventures, which I, um, I'm still in the dark about when it's going to... I'm assuming after Doctor Who series is concluded, maybe they'll start with that. Has anyone heard anything about the start time of the, you know, Sarah Jane, Sarah, Sarah Jane Smith series? I heard a brief blurb over on the over on the two Doctors cast about as soon as episode thirteen of Doctor Who is over, they are going to air the pilot for Sarah Jane again, and they're going to invasion of the Mm Bane. Yeah. So we're looking at probably July sometime. Uh, we can uh, yeah, only right. speculate. We can only imagine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's called the Sarah Jane a, a, Adventures, and they had they they sneak previewed a the, the premiere episode back on New Year's Day. So that was Jan, obviously January first. So yeah. I would imagine they have several already in the can. I, I would imagine they've been working on them, but I don't know for sure. I enjoyed the pilot. I thought that was very good. Uh, you know, again, taken in the context of what it is, uh, you know, it's a, it's meant to be a, a more, um, you know, more of a kid show. Um, yeah. I, I just wish, you know, I, I know K-9 is getting his, his own series, evidently. We still haven't, we're still in the dock even more so about that series. And, uh, but it, it just seemed like, and again, spoiler alert for those that have not seen um, any of the Sarah Jane Smith well it's only been one but who have not seen the Sarah Jane Smith Invasion of the Bane premiere episode but um, th- there, was, there was a character that was introduced to sort of take the place of K-9 and uh, um, K-9 oh my oh my <laughs> I'll have to do that there, there was I'll do my James impression Ken sorry okay <laughs> <laughs> and there was a computer, so that was introduced as well, and the combination of the computer and this um, younger character, if you will, 
I'm trying not to give anything away, kind of fills the gap that's left by K9. K9 is busy doing something else and isn't part of the series. So, um, <laughs> but I guess if they if K9 was in it, it would be the K9 company all over again. Yeah, well, K9 is off doing a solo album apparently. <laughs> well, we're still unsure about that. Uh, you know, whole... you know what's interesting though that they've they've been shooting down the idea of animating some of the missing Doctor Who episodes for some of the DVDs, but they found it in the budget to make a canine Well, it's uh, a different... There are two different... Uh, one is um, that Disney... Um, what is it called again? Um, oh, it's, 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 it's not the BBC. It's um, What was it, Merlin? I think it's... Well, JetX, I think maybe... Part Jet, of it, I'm not sure. Jet, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but, I don't know. JetX, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Raul. Uh, I, I want to thank all those people in our um, in our chat forums, in our chat area right now that are live in chat. And once again, anyone that would like to participate, put yourself in the queue if you want to audio, you know, join the discussion. The thing is that um, there's a finite amount of missing Doctor Who stories. So even if they animated every one of them, it would eventually come to an end and they can move on to something else. I, I'm all for it, Ken. I, I just, because I, I've been so busy, it's only up until now that I've I broken the seal on um, Invasion, <laughs> the, the, the Patrick Troughton story, and I'm really enjoying it. I really hope that um, they can give more treatment to this, you know, to to, to, to other missing episodes. And um, I thought the animated, um, ep- you know, portions of it are splendid. It's it's fantastic, and I really, um, I'm really enjoying it. I really speaking, hope that we see more of this. That are on that had a uh, a, a finite run, and it's a, it's just off off topic. But it, I, I last week I found this out right after the podcast concluded uh, on a um, non Doctor Who note. The series, the tripods, uh, apparently they've, they've commissioned um, a DVD box set of series one and two plus extras uh, for release in uh, in the UK for region two, which I'm I'm very excited about. Um, okay. And the reason I say that this ties in is there is a, another case where the BBC there was only three books, they made two of them. They canceled the show. They could have made one more season, and it would have canceled itself. And yeah. that was just short-sighted. And that's the same thing with these animated things, in, in my mind. It's not like it's going to run forever. There's only a certain amount of missing stories. I'm not sure what you said about the, uh, the DVDs there, Ken. I've already got the Tripod Series 1 on DVD. Yeah, same yeah, here, but I, I think Ken's talking about them. They're going to re- release Series 1 and 2 as a, well, as a box set. As a box set. 1 and 2 well, and extras. extras, and there were no extras on the on the uh, Series 1 DVD. It was just a, a vanilla release. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine's chocolate. Uh, hey, you know what they could do? They could animate the third series. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a suggestion to them. Why not animate it? Brilliant. Yeah. Although uh, a few, a few no. of the fellows who were in the show have passed away. Actually, mm-hmm. um, uh, the gentleman who played Beanpole, I, I believe, passed away. Really? Wow. Ago. Yeah. Wow. A, a pretty young guy too. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, was, but yeah. Well, they remember. have the, the they have the actor that played is it Ben, Sham, the plumper one, uh, on a documentary recently. And he's not acting anymore. I think he drives a taxi or something. They did, um, like, the special that they did for Blake 7. What was the name of the show? It was, um, they had a name. Uh, the Cult of? 
The cult of, right. And they did a cult of tripods? Mm -hmm. That's correct. I've seen the Blake 7 one. I haven't seen the tripods one. Yeah, same here. I saw the Blake 7, but not the tripods one. Well, uh, Lewis, put that on the wish list, please. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Blake 7, I just want to remind our listeners, those that are Blake 7 fans, and even those that are not but are curious and would like to check it out, there's a new audio uh, series that are that's re-envisioning Blake Sevens, retelling the story, uh, new cast, and um, it's on the Sci-Fi Channel. There's a link to it on our website, uh, Blake Seven Audio Dramas. It's uh, pretty interesting. You might want to check it out. Sci-Fi Channel UK Lewis, that's doing it. It's the Sci-Fi Channel UK Lewis. Check it out. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <My> <laughs> <mistake>. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is great news as well. As, as uh, many listeners know, I'm, I'm a big Blake Seven fan, and and this, uh, although we're we are very overdue for a Blake Seven podcast, this will be the reason we do it now. <laughs> okay, if, if this is a news story, we have to again no no post production work, so I'm gonna have to do this. Blake oh, Seven, the audio drama. Yeah, we, we, but going back to what Ken said, after we conclude with our live shows uh, reviewing each new episode of Doctor Who, obviously after Series 3 concludes, uh, we'll, we would like to continue doing some of these live shows, and uh, we thought maybe the Blake 7 would fit into this as well, because um, the advantage of the live shows is that post-production work is either, like for this episode, either null or non-existent or minimum. So that's something that, that we're looking to do. Yeah, One right. thing you could do is personally as a sidebar, uh, do a half hour of this and insert the relevant bits into forthcoming pod podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, you know, we, we've been talking about a Blake 7 um, a podcast for a while now, and, and, and it just seems like uh, between the cult of Blake 7 and, and now this audio adventure, there's something to talk about in addition to the classic series, um, as well as Amazon UK um recently released the complete Blake 7 DVD series, all four series together in one package exclusive but, to Amazon UK. Yeah, and Series 2, now, and Region uh, 2, in, rather. In region 2, yeah. Yeah, now, that that's my big beef now, is um, getting on, you know, I'm going to go back on that, on this uh, soapbox, and, um, you know, when are we going to get Region 1 discs of Blake 7? I mean, it's been forever and a day, and what's so ironic is that they originally promised this uh, way back, like, 10 years ago, when DVDs were in their infancy, they were promising, even before Doctor Who DVD releases came out, they were promising Region 1 releases of, um, of Blake 7, and here we are, like, 8 or 9 years later, and we still haven't seen them. And 100 or so DVD Doctor Who DVDs in, and we still haven't exactly. seen a Region One. Um, yeah, it, I, I think they're waiting for Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, what, are, what, what's their excuse? Like when the DVDs first came out, hey, great, we're going to release them on DVD, on HD DVD. Well, we haven't yeah. invented that yet. Yes, but when you do, we'll put Blake Seven out. We I first they're waiting for, for crystals. You know, putting the video on crystals or something. <laughs> the next format. <laughs> Optical is so um, you know 20th century. They were yeah. looking for like you know crystals. Or... Well, what you want to do? Go ahead. Uh, we have um, we have someone in the queue, so I'm gonna um, it's pure uh, 
Tarek the Lodger, if I'm, hopefully I'm not mispronouncing you. Pronounced Hello there. No problem. How are things? Welcome to Doctor Who Podshock. Thank you very much. Um, Merlin told me about it there uh, last night when I was on with um, Kane and Wally and the rest of them on Tech Bites. So I said I'd come in today and have a listen. Cool. Um, and wh- wh- where are you calling from? Uh, Galway, Ireland. Ah, Ireland. That's great. Yes. It's nice so and sunny outside as well, which is great. That's oh. always a plus. And y- yeah. you're trapped inside listening to us. <laughs> oh, no. Quite happy. On a wonky laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. That's the problem. Um, just kind of looking forward to the return of the Master, myself. Mm. Okay, well, this is... We're getting to possible spoiler zone here, so... Um, That's all can, I'm saying. <laughs> we can <laughs> speculate on what's going to happen. Um... It's uh, Russell T. Davies in the past had said that he would, uh, if this, if there was a good enough story, that he would entertain bringing back the character of the Master, and um, you know we're hoping that there might be a good enough story in the very near future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well, we're already being long gamed into. Mm, exactly. Because I know, I just when I was watching the La- the Lazarus uh, experiment, or Lazarus project, I can't remember the exact name of it, but um, no, you like, got it, the Lazarus the Lazarus experiment. Just um, when they're going, Mr. Saxon himself, and I was like, I'm curious as to who this person is. <laughs> we haven't seen the master in a while. I wonder. It just popped. It was great. Yeah. But Harold. <laughs> Harold Saxon. Then that trailer, wow. <laughs> With the ring. Mm. I, I I love that Dave already like magnified the ring and, and posted it on our website and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? I can I'm lucky I can record the bloody thing. People are already enhancing it and zooming in. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to speculate if it's a Gallifreyan ring or not. It's um we'll have to wait and see. All right, well, we have Raul also waiting in the wings, so I'm going to, um... Hello? Well, like they said, you're on the air. You're on the air. Hey, hey guys, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Thank you. And um, where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from Chicago. Cool. The windy city. Not so windy today, but it's nice. Oh, that's That's a good thing, right? Um, I know I, I was I there know. once for like three days, and I said to myself throughout my whole time there, why do they call this the Windy City? It's not that windy. That's not it's not so windy. And then my last and final day, the wind was like so intense. I was, I was like, <laughs> I, I think yeah, I might have had a down. I was earlier this week. A, you know, one of the TARDIS, you know, well, they call them, you know, Chicago TARDIS conventions now, but back then they had these um, annual conventions at Thanksgiving, and I was, and I'm pretty sure I probably had a, one of those Tom Baker scarves on, and it, 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 it stretched, you know, whatever, how long it was, 17 feet, whatever, it was like, the wind was just taking it all the way down the block. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I used to go to all those, actually. Like went to uh, the ones when they had I had I went to one with Tom Baker and then one with uh, Colin Baker, mm-hmm. and then I saw John Pertwee there as well. 
All right, was there? It was um, my God, it was 1985. So I'm not sure if you were there. Yeah, those were, there. That's kind of. I thought that was like the golden years of the Doctor Who conventions. I would have to agree, and I think Ken would too. Where we had the Spirit of Light conventions, and um, there there were several. There were a couple in um, Pennsylvania, um, mm-hmm. King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, Who events that were incredible conventions. And um, sadly, I haven't seen anything like those before. Though I, I would imagine um, Gallifrey One are probably similar to that. I, I'm hoping that we can all get out there, you know, next February for that. Yeah, I went to uh, the Chicago TARDIS convention last Thanksgiving weekend. I'm not actually the one that sent you the review. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember a while back. Yeah, no, I remember. So, yeah, that's that was a I. That's a nice little convention, actually. Not as big as the old Chicago ones, the big ones, but it was pretty good. Well, back in the '80s, it was Doctor Who was in its um, heyday here, if you will, at least on on the PBS circuit. So people were all discovering it, and but at that time, there was no new Star Trek series. There hasn't, you know, the, the, this predates the Next Generation. So I think there was a great hunger in the United States for something for new uh, science fiction to digest, and Doctor Who was it, and it, and it had this great tradition behind it, and. You know, a lot of people weren't familiar with Doctor Who and didn't know anything about it, so it was a all new material to digest and um, you know and savor. So it, I think a lot of people it it, it did have this swelling and um, of a fandom then, and and it's also the origin of the Gallifreyan Embassy. You know, dates back to 1985, and that's when uh, there was so much local activity, and this is predates you know the the popularity of the internet. So. Um, we weren't all connected this way, so the only way to kind of um, get together with like-minded folks was um, to have these like monthly meetings and um, you know and hold special events and do conventions and do pledge drives and. All right, well, <laughs> I'm going down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, no, and I actually, I think uh, Doctor Who's having a little resurgence here in Chicago now that the first series is being shown on the on WTTW, the PBS station again. Mm-hmm. On Sunday night, which used to be the regular time slot for Doctor Who from the classic series, and they've been really heavily promoting it. Actually, it's great that they are. I mean, it, I think it's it's fabulous that Doctor Who's back on PBS because though because up until this point, you would have to in in the U.S. in order to see it, you would have to subscribe to either a cable or a satellite service in order to get the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, uh, or or BBC America because th- they weren't transmitted freely over the air, whereas B- PBS is. Right, and I, I think uh, it's actually I found that it's exposing more people to doc- the new series because I recently ran into a couple of friends that they started to watch it again or started watching it for the first time. Now that it's on Sunday nights again, so I think that's a pretty good pretty good more addition to the fandom here in here in the city. That's up in Chicago, would you actually get the uh, Canadian stations picked up there as well? So, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Dave was asking whether or not you get the can, the Canadian stations being you're in Chicago, you know, which is sort of on the border there, do you get um the Canadian CBC or any of the Canadian stations that are showing Doctor Who? Uh, no, actually, we don't get. We're not close enough to Canada to get any of the Canadian okay. stations, unfortunately. I know, like, up if you go up to Michigan, they do get the CBC, but we're not close enough. 
but we missed out on this little CBC broadcast. Well, I think, have you got an overall review of the first six episodes? Well, I'm sorry, what was that? He was asking whether or not you would like to review the first six episodes. How, how has the series been so far? What's oh, your well, take you know, um, actually, what I really wanted to ask was if anybody was following these, like, extra websites that are up now, like the Vote Saxon one, and uh, I've been kind of following them closely, and I was wondering, do we know if those are run by the BBC or those extras? Well, I think those fan-based... Yeah, to our information, there are fan-based ones. So the the BBC ones always have like if you look close enough and hard enough, you'll see a little disclaimer somewhere. There's a, a little link somewhere that will say that you know this is actually a um, a BBC website. You know, I, I actually you know they term it differently, but anyway, you'll find a little a, a disclaimer on the official ones you right. know, stating what they're about. Because I've been you know I I on my MySpace there's a Martha Jones. MySpace page, and then there's a Vote Saxon one, and I know like this this weekend, vote, the Vote Saxon MySpace actually had questions and answer session where you could send questions to Harold Saxon. I yeah. actually got a, I believe the Martha Jones MySpace page is actually a BBC run thing. Um, okay, yeah, that's because, what I thought. Yeah, because uh, just some, um, I'm trying to remember when I first added her to the Podshock page, um, something led me to believe that, you know, they were kind of creating it because she's supposed to be very young and hip and, you know, and and, right. uh, and then she had her own MySpace page. And if you look, it's kept very bland. There's nothing controversial on it, and it's just, you know, it, it's a very plain page as if it was, there's no links to the official site and there's no... Uh, but if that was the case, you would think the official site would have a link to it somewhere because in the past they've always had links to their, you know, supplemental sites. Well, I know on Prima Adjerman's site she has a link to it. Oh, she does. Okay. I think that's how I found it was on Prima's website, and I saw that it was a Martha Jones. I said I have to, I have to add Martha as a friend. I but what I'm you. saying is that the I think BBC, I would get along great with her. <laughs> the, the official site in the past, when they've done these, um, you know, um, supplemental sites, they always had links to them from the official site linking to, you know, like, um, you know, who is the doctor and unit, uh, unit, it, and yeah. And there's I, a lab labs one now. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, see that I'm not sure there. about that one. You know, and it might have gone the way of the Tardisodes and. Maybe they, they're they just allocating the money that would have went to that to the series itself or to other things, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, they're, now they have a video podcast, which is just a really, 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 really cut-down version of um, Doctor Who Confidential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really edited. Yeah. You know, and now they um, have the commentaries, which are now different commentaries than th- those that are going to be on the, on the discs, on the, on the DVDs. So there's right. like two sets of commentaries. But as far as the the season arc, um, I felt that this season is, I don't know, it seems more cheesier to me, like the episodes. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm saying, but I think like there was a couple that are really strong and the rest were kind of cheesy. I think this last Lazarus one was pretty good, except for the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I like the you know each each season always has something we had the we had the bad wolf and then we have Torchwood and and now we have the Saxon thing. Um, I I hated the Torchwood references. I thought they were they were awkward and very forced. The Saxon one they they're, they're not ramming it down our throat in every episode. Yeah. I mean in in you got to the Satan Pit and Impossible Planet and they. They found a way to mention Torchwood in, in a story that it should be completely irrelevant. You know, right, let's right. let's get the word Torchwood in this episode. Um, this with Saxon, it seems more natural. It's only in certain places and where it, it, it seems uh, relevant. You know, yeah, I agree with you on that, Ken. And I think that's why there's more buzz about it because there's really little little bits coming out here or there. Yeah, and where yeah, it's placed is where it's placed is is significant in the story and in, in what seems to be what uh, what's going to wind up being the story arc. Um, where Torchwood almost seemed like it was a um, it was almost like a pop up ad for the new show. Right. Yeah, this time. You know, all you needed was the bling of an instant message popping up. It's like here's our Torchwood reference. By the way, it's going to be on Saturday night. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was like a commercial within the series, almost. Yeah, and and, and it just it it was to me it was distracting. Yeah. Uh, this hasn't been distracting. This seems natural. It's more it casual of, and natural. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I think also the was helping the buzz too. These little uh, little images of Harold Saxon, and they try to portray like how evil he is. So I think uh, that's helping out the bus too, because I know there's a lot of my friends are really, really excited about this whole like Harold Saxon thing. Now that you see like little bits of the up from the trailers. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, the, the the couple images we've seen and and what's going on in them, are, you know, it's it's piqued our curiosity and um, yeah, you know, he's a man of mystery. Yeah, so I mean, and as far as the seasons go, I think that part is actually doing really well and keeping us going. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me. <laughs> outside of the whole Harold Saxon thing, I think this this season would be kind of blah. I don't know. Yeah, and again, it, it, it's tough to judge the entire season only on the first half. You know, because yeah. Obviously, um, every season so far is kicked into high gear from the midpoint on. Right, Which, no, you're right. I was saying earlier, I think before you came on board, Ken, that's where I think we're at right now. I think we it's got its running shoes on, and we're about to, you know, take the path and run out, you know. And, and, and um, let's also let's let's also accentuate the positive so far, which is David Tennant can, continues to amaze as the Doctor, uh, and uh, Martha Jones comes on board and offers us something different than we had in Rose. Um, I mean, she's she's really a, an excellent companion. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of energy. It brings a different kind of energy uh, to the show than Rose did. Um, she's sassy. There's just something about her that's really just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, without... The family, the family dynamic is a lot uh, more subtle this time as well. That's not all in your face with the, with the doctor and uh, the domestic side of it. I, I like that they, they're laying off the whole romantic thing. Like, it, it sort of started that way because she kind of felt maybe he was, you know, he was flirting with her or whatever, but it, it, it seems 
by the time you got to a Lazarus, Lazarus experiment, that that gag is over. That she's now a companion and, and that she's going to go... Well, she still may her. have feelings for him. I think it's just going to continue the whole unrequited, uh, you know, love thing, interest that she has for him that he may not have for her. Or but we, we, what, I, what I've seen, and again, we haven't seen the second half of the season, and what I'm hoping will happen is, again, break the pattern. Rose oh, yeah, no, I thing. agree. I can't agree more. And, well, that's um, why I'm hoping it stays unrequited and not, you know, this whole... I, I mean, I, I, I... You know, the whole thing with Rose and all that, I think, was overblown as well. I just... I, I mean, I think the doctor cared great, you know, deeply and greatly for her, but this notion that it was the, her, his love of, her, of his lifetime and all that just seems a bit absurd to me. Yeah. Uh, based on past companions. Mm-hmm. No, he, he, I think he cared just as much for Joe Grant as he did oh, for Rose. Oh, absolutely. I, Rose I agree. Or, and okay, guys, Dave, well, I'm just going to have to uh, bow out here because i got to fire up the grill for Mother's <laughs> oh, sure. dinner. So uh, have a good one, and I'll talk to you guys later. Okay, take care. Thanks, Thanks a lot for around. joining us. No problem. Well, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, I was just going to say, Jake, you know, the last minute of... Uh, the Lazarus experiment, I thought was really critical, as Ken says it, uh, to quote Winston Churchill, it may not be the end, it may not be the beginning of the end, but um, it was drawing a line under that um, apprenticeship, as it were. She's earned her stripes now, she's a full companion, and the second series, second half of the series should really romp along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it seemed to uh, establish where where her companion is going to be in the second half of the season, definitely. Uh, like I said, it, it felt like they were backing off the romance issue. Uh, they made her a full-on traveling companion. Um, and over the course of the episodes, we've established her intelligence and that she went to school and her family. And I like that her family is very different than, um, than Rose's family. Um, I, I, I like the, um, the strong female characters. Um, the brother... Um, it seems to take a back seat to the mother and the sister, and you know, um, I, I like that. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping they'll explore that more. The sister's almost her equal, you know, in the show. Uh, you know, in the times they were together, that uh, you know, she's smart as well, and she does her own thing, and you know, but they have a good relationship. They, the the dynamic seems to work for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I, I think the family's working out well, Where and I don't think they're overpowering or, or taking over the show either. So. And I liked in the Lazarus experiment that the father wasn't around. It wasn't <laughs> like they had to stuff every character into one story. It's yeah. like, hey, you know what? He couldn't make it. Mm. You know, like in real life. Mm-hmm. Well, he probably had his hands full. But <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. One of the other things that's been uh, this season is the heaven and hell thing that seems to have been in a lot of the episodes. I don't know how much uh, people have picked up on that. I'm, I'm sorry, say that again, Dave? The, the, the other theme, as well as the Mr. Saxon theme, has been the theme about the heaven and hell. Um, it came out quite clearly in the gridlock oh, one, yeah, uh, with the, the different cars. And, the, and, and the then, Dallas, of course... And the, 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 the dance number and in, in the Dalek episode... Yes, there's uh, there's a, a lot of like religious overtones in this particular season, um, like you said with with the heaven and hell, and and then the, the 
having a hymn in the show, and even the doctor says to uh, um, in in Gridlock, you know, you you have your you have your hymns, you have your your, your prayers, you know, he's he's uh, he's encouraging the characters you know, to continue to believe, and and uh, and belief seems to be a bit of a theme. And in the uh, Lazarus experiment, the girl dances angel, and her dancers around her were in little devil dresses that um, Martha tricked on one of the tails. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, uh, even you know in, in character names like Solomon in in uh, Daleks and Manhattan. So there's, there's definitely some overtones going on. And again, I wonder if that will is if that's something. Subtle, or is that something that will actually develop or, and play out towards the end, in in a uh, uh, exploring good and evil towards the end of the season? Yeah, well, you know, we we've sort of seen that, you know, in obviously the 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 whole Satan Pit and um, Impossible Planet episode, and there was some you know shattering of, of the whole devil thing, and um, and then Torchwood the had that. Whatever I keep on forgetting the name of the beast, but it's it's similar type of beast there, and um, you know, so it it seems like it's continuing to play out in this series of Doctor Who. Uh, is there anyone else that would like to put themselves in the queue? Or anyone else that, uh, that are listening that would like to um, have any anything to say? I think someone's cell phone is beeping. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> my, my battery is dying, Lewis, and yeah. then I have to bow out and, and head well, off to work. Yeah, we're we're going to wrap up the show right now anyway. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right, well, this is um this has been a rough, ready, and raw version of Doctor Who Podshock live going out as is. So um, <laughs> we're going to... Um, you can see, well, you'll hear how the live show is, and hopefully you'll join us every Sunday at right now at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, go to our website, podshock.net, for details, and come back next week. We're going to be reviewing episode uh, name 42, which is um, will be on next Saturday, May May night May was it May um, May 18th? May 19th. May 19th. May, yeah, May 19th. Yes. So, and we'll be recording on the May 20th. So come back and um, thank you, uh, Mike, Macaulay, uh, Merlin, and. Um, um, uh, Dave, of course, Dave Cooper, thank you so much for your participation and, and everyone that, that chimed in as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and participating. It's, it's great. I'm really enjoying the live podcast. I think there are a lot uh, it adds a whole new dimension to what we do. Yeah, same here. Oh, maybe uh, all right, so until next week, take care, everyone. Uh, take it cheers. Easy, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyNembassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. 
Cheers, everyone. You've just heard an interactive, interactive, interactive podcast designed for audience participation. Come talk, 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 talk text chat, or listen live at talkshoe.com.